you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 238 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, I'm going over a bunch of random stuff. I'm going over something that got reported last week that I'm getting to now. I'm going over some roster moves. Obviously, got to go over the fifth starter uh, battle, I guess. And then some random footnotes that I found from opening days past uh, of, the, of this century, at least. So uh, going to be talking about all three of those things today. So hopefully that gets you guys very excited. Uh, we got some more opening day stuff coming a little bit later in the week, you know, bold predictions and uh, how I see everything shaking out for the entire 2021 season. But uh, today we're going over, you know, newsy bits and whatnot. So uh, that's what we got on board for you guys today. This also feels like a great time to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I also did my second locker room uh, on the locker room app on Sunday afternoon. A lot of fun. Had a lot more people show up. Uh, talked some A's baseball. Talked about Francisco Lindsay. Door versus Fernando Tatis Jr. Anyways, lots of fun. Hopefully you can join us on the next round. Uh, probably going on Friday evening uh, while we watch baseball together for like the first couple of innings or something like that. So uh, that's the plan for that. So roughly 7 p.m. on Friday local time, we will be talking A's baseball live. So uh, yeah, hopefully you guys can join us. Um, so that's all I got for, you know, news and notes and whatnot. But let's get into A's news and notes. And let's just start off with some of the roster moves that have happened over the last couple of days. Uh, first of all, uh, Vimy Amachin and Seth Brown were both optioned down to AAA, so they did not make the club, which does mean that Kai Tom has officially made the team, which not a real big surprise. He was a Rule 5 pick, so uh, even if it was a dead heat between him and Seth Brown, he would have not been in Oakland A or you know, even in the system if he did not make the team, so obviously they're going to give him a, a shot here. He played some nice defense in center field, which could be a plus for the A's moving forward if Ramon Laureano has any injuries or Mark Canna has any injuries. Uh, then they can also slot Kai Tom in there. They got three outfielders out of four on the roster, projected roster, that can play center. So that's that's good. He's also been very solid with the bat. I've been very impressed with what he's doing. Stats aside, he's He's putting together very solid at-bats against tough lefties, against tough righties. He can do it all. I want to see what he can do. Maybe he can work himself into some regular playing time as opposed to being a platoon guy as a left-handed bat. Um, yeah, sky's the limit for him right now. They're going to let him run because that's what the A's do with Rule 5 picks. They give them playing time. They're not just wasting roster spots over here. These are the Oakland A's. Marcana, also a Rule 5 pick. Now he's just as good as Michael Brantley. So, yeah, sometimes the A's can find some, you know, guys like uh, Mark Canna, possibly Kai Tom. 
who can turn into very productive players for the Oakland A's. Vemi Almachino was a Rule 5 pick last year, and I think that he's proven that he's good enough to hang in Oakland. There's just not room on him for the, in the roster right now. So if, you know, Jed Lowry goes down, or Chad Pinder goes down, or uh, Tony Kemp is goes down or maybe isn't performing, then Vemi Almachino gets a chance. He's next in line if there's one of a number of injuries that happen. Uh, Vemi Almachino, Nice, solid bat to have in the lineup. Seth Brown will probably get some play at some time, you know, due to injuries and whatnot. So we should be seeing all, all of these guys in the majors at some point this season. Uh, I mean, hopefully you don't because that means everybody's healthy, but uh, they, the more likely scenario is an injury happens at some point, somebody's going to be called up. So without all that out of the way, I do want to talk about Matt Olson for just one minute. I think that he's going to have a huge season right now. He has six home runs, which is tied with as many home runs as he's hit in spring training. Like all of the other spring trainings he's done, he's hit six home runs. This year, six home runs. He's usually a slow starter. He's bursting out the gate right now. He's got six homers. He's 15 for 47 with 18 RBI. He's hitting 319, which is crazy for Matt Olson. Uh, he's got a 340 on base because he's getting too many hits right now. His OPS is 1127. That's ridiculous. Uh, can he do this over the entire season? No, no, it's impossible uh, because, you know, shifts and all that stuff. And uh, I don't know that he can keep up at this pace of hitting, you know, six home runs every 47 at-bats or having 18 runs batted in in 47 at-bats. I tweeted this out, uh, so follow us at Locked On A's on Twitter, but I said, Matt Olson has 18 RBI and 47 at-bats this spring. At that pace, over 500 at-bats, which is only 125 games, he'd have 191 runs batted in. He's having a great spring, you guys, and that's all I wanted to call attention to. Matt Olson is going to have a huge season. He's going to hit 45 home runs. That's all. That's a foregone conclusion at this point. He's he could slow down dramatically and hit 45 at this point. Um, yeah, I I think that he's going to be a very special player in 2021. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how Matthew Kent Olson, his middle name is staring me in the face right now, how Matt Olson, uh, you know, performs in 2021. He's adjusted his hands. He did a lot of video work with his swing over the offseason. I, I want to see, you know, how far he can go before pitchers start adjusting. Uh, maybe they're waiting until the regular season to start adjusting, and that's just rude on their part. But I think this season is going to be very big for Matt Olson and also Matt Chabon, who I'm not talking about right now. But I always got to throw him in there. I think that he's an MVP candidate. So, so that's all I got on Matt Olson. Uh, I, I got to talk about the the race for the fifth starter spot right now, though, because Cole Irvin, Dalton Jeffries, and AJ Puck all, have all pitched really well in their final spring starts. Uh, I, just real quick, the final starts that each of these guys have had. I talked about Cole Irvin's uh, start from Friday. He went six innings, gave up one hit, walked two, and struck out ten against the defending world champion Los Angeles Dodgers. They were they had a lot of regulars in their lineup too. That is a very impressive stat line for the entire spring. He is one and one with a one ERA over 18 innings pitched. He has 18 Ks. He's walked three and he has an 072 whip. He has pitched his ass off, you guys, and he definitely deserves to be on this roster. Uh, I'll give you guys an update on that because I've been saying some stuff and apparently that might not be right. So we will, according to the reporting, I'll get to it here in a sec. Uh, but on Saturday, we had AJ Puck pitch. He went four innings, gave up a hit. He struck out three. That was against Texas. Not nearly as sterling, but it is what you, it is progress. 
for AJ Puck, I would say, because he went one and two thirds, got knocked around a little bit in his last start. So this is definitely progress for AJ Puck against a division rival. So, you know, not bad, not bad. And then uh, Dalton Jeffries, he pitched on Sunday. He went five innings, gave up three hits, one run, which was a solo home run to Mikey Ostromski. And uh, he struck out four, walked three. Uh, that was against the Giants. That's where Mikey Ostromski plays. Um, he got into some trouble, got out of some trouble. He was able to calm himself down. Martin Gallegos wrote about it in his article on MLB.com or athletics.com to be more specific, um, where he looked into a far point in the stadium just to relax himself. And then he, you know, threw four more pitches and got out of the inning. So uh, if that's something that Dalton Jeffries is able to do when he's confronted with adversity, then yeah, uh, he may have turned a corner from what we saw in his one start against the Rangers last year. So uh, all three of these guys, solid options. I think that the A's would like to go with AJ Puck the most, but I don't know that he's had the track record just yet to justify it. Um, I, I personally still say, let him get healthy. Let him stretch out a little bit more. I don't know that he's necessarily there yet. See if that velocity returns before you can, you know, unleash him on the league. So that's where I'm standing. So it would basically be between uh, Dalton Jeffries and Cole Irvin for that fifth spot uh, or wherever they're going to be in the in the uh, rotation, whether that's third, fourth, or fifth, depending on where they want to put Frankie Montas and whether or not Frankie Montas is healthy. Uh, two of these guys could make it if Frankie Montas does miss time, but more than likely, we're only going to see one of these guys. And that is because they are now the A's are now saying that they're not necessarily considering a long relief type pitcher for that last bullpen spot. So that would take out my theory of having Cole Irvin go there to eat up some innings. Uh, personally, I'd like to see Cole Irvin there because he deserves a spot on this uh, roster, whereas Burt Smith, obviously, he has options and stuff. So uh, he could still be optioned down, but I think the... You don't necessarily need him. He could be the uh, the garbage time guy for right now because he hasn't had a great spring so far. I think his ERA is in the sevens. But, you know, he's done it before. He's been a major league reliever. Uh, throw him out there, see how it goes. And uh, it looks like Burt Smith is going to be that final man in the bullpen. So we've gotten some clarity. The real question right now is basically just who's going to be taking my Mike Fire spot for that first one or two times through the rotation. And uh, that's pre pretty much the only mystery left in camp right now. And camp's about to break. They're going to have a little roundtable discussion uh, amongst themselves uh, once they get back to Oakland. So after Monday's game against the Giants, they come back to Oakland. They're going to have some roundtable discussions. We should know by probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Or late Tuesday, early Wednesday is my guess on when we'll find out who the fifth starter will be. So uh, yeah, that's all I got on A's news from the weekend. I got more stuff coming up for you guys, though. And uh, we're going to be talking about doctoring balls. And I don't mean the MD kind. So uh, <laughs> stick around to find out what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over. The NBA is still going. College basketball, they're getting to the Elite Eight right now. And the NHL, they're still at some point in their season. I'm not sure which. They're approaching playoff time, I believe. Oh, yeah. And also, baseball starts up real soon. That's on Thursday. We're only a few sleeps away from baseball betting. That's going to be fun. And 
if you can't wait that long, they also have awards TV shows and reality TV bets that you can place. Uh, they got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best place to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. All you got to do is head on over to their website, use your mobile device to get on the website. However you get there, it does not matter. Go to betonline.ag, use our promo code Locked On today, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You could do it on any of the kinds of betting that I mentioned already. You could even do it on baseball, which is starting up in a few days. Get excited. Um, anyways, that's why everybody's saying that Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts like myself. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. And welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and also in the Locker Room app. And uh, if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, if you didn't check it out already, last on Thursday of last week, I talked to Amelia Schimmel, the A's new public address announcer. She is fantastic. We had a lot of fun. We had serious questions. We had very goofy questions. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a nice get to know you, get to know her, I guess. Um, and also you get to hear her voice. So if you're not going to an A's game for a while, feel like you're at the ballpark. I had her introduce the podcast. That's the intro that you heard. That was fun. Um, yeah, you get to hear Amelia Schimmel's voice and feel like you're at a game. So, so check out that episode whenever you're done with this one or, you know, stop this one, come back to it. Go listen to that one. That one's also really good. You can't go wrong with the Locked On A's podcast. Uh, where you can go wrong is potentially when you're using foreign substances on baseballs. And that is something that Major League Baseball is going to be cracking down on this season. Um, they're going to be checking balls in a lab. They're going to be, you know, sending balls to a lab because they have all the free time in the world. And also they're going to be comparing spin rates for 2021 to career totals. And that's how they're going to try and catch the cheaters. Um, this is a big problem in baseball, uh, according to the article that Eno Saris wrote over at the athletic, uh, couple months ago, maybe in November. It's been a while. Um, it, some pitchers or scouting, somebody said in that article that being able to doctor the balls with foreign substances is better than steroids because they get so much spin rate. And you see the pitches that are being thrown right now. Basically, that's why we have very, very, very high strikeout rates and why we spend most of the baseball game waiting either for the next home run or the next strikeout. There's no more middle ground anymore is because of foreign substances, basically. Um, yeah, it's weird. But I think that that's the big goal for me where... Major League Baseball, and they were instituting all those rules that I talked about a couple of weeks ago in the minor leagues. I say, if you take away foreign substances from pitchers, all of a sudden, they don't have as much uh, spin on their pitches. They can't make it do all the little loop-de-loos and all the things. You know, like Devin Williams, I don't know that he uses anything on his pitches, but I am assuming that he does because that is his changeup is a pitch that nobody's ever seen before. And it's not like it's just one or two teams. It seems like it's like 70% of all pitchers. And I'm sure that the A's also use substances on their pitches as well. Uh, maybe that's part, maybe it's coaching and also some sort of a weird substance that they have, which is why they are able to turn any pitcher into a really good pitcher. Uh, it's not above, I, I'm not above saying that. I, do I have any evidence? No. 
Could it be true? Sure. I don't know. Uh, I haven't talked to anybody. Please don't hate me. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, the A's are not, a, you know, a, above the, anybody in this one uh, because we don't have any proof on anybody yet. So, uh, yeah. But one guy that has had a lot to say about the subject is Trevor Bauer. And uh, he was, you know, calling out the Astros back when he was with the Indians and all that stuff. And he has had so much to say about this. He's like, oh, if I started, you know, using substances, then my spin rates would go up 300, 400 revolutions per minute or whatever it was. And uh, he, he did that last year and he won the Cy Young and his spin rates went up by a lot. And then he signed a massive free agent contract with the Dodgers. So my mural questions here are, uh, it, it's two things. One how are you going to enforce this if the people that have been using substances already already have those spin rates baked into their statistics? How is that going to work? They're not going to go above that. They're already getting the, you know, the steroid boost, quote unquote. Uh, I, I don't see how that makes any sense because you're not discouraging people from continuing to do it. They're just looking at career spin rates and they're already in those spin rates. The substances that they use on their fingers or on the balls or on the brim of the cap or whatever, they're already being used. So you're not saying stop. You're saying don't do it any more than you are already doing it. So you're not really discouraging it at all. I don't know how you go about punishing them through the spin rate metric, you know, that they would use StatCast for. You have to go through the lab, I guess, and anybody could argue against the lab results. He'd be like, I didn't use that ball. That's not me. What are you talking about? Uh, it seems kind of easy. So I have no idea how they're going to enforce this, what the penalties would be. You'd think that they'd be stiff, but because, you know, it is in the rulebook as cheating. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. The second tier of this one is Trevor Bauer himself, because he is talked about, you know, uh, using foreign substances a whole bunch, made a big stink of it. He said, fine, I'll, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. And then he did it. He got all of the, you know, acclaim for doing it. Uh, the, you know, the, the NL Cy Young, the big contract, all of that stuff. Uh, he's a big talkative guy. And Major League Baseball has now started building like social media campaigns around this guy because he wants to be marketed and they are now marketing him are they also now going to say that he's a big fat cheater? I don't think so. So if you can't go after the number one guy on the hit list, then what's the point is my main question here. They're going after foreign substances. I have no idea how they're going to go about this. They can't go after their main, you know, the, the guy that they should go after uh, because he's been so talkative about it. And they can't necessarily have a definitive way to prove that somebody did it. So hearsay, I guess. And the players aren't going to do it on themselves because if one manager does it, uh, then the other manager is just going to do it to, you know, so you, it, it's basically a, a game of chicken between managers. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. Hopefully that makes a little bit of sense to you, but I think that this is just a lot of posturing by major league baseball and commissioner Manfred. Uh, yeah, I think it's stupid. So I think that it's the right thing to do. I just think that it's stupid because they don't have a plan like at all. Or maybe they just haven't announced it. Uh, let's be optimistic. They just haven't announced it. That's all. Um, so yeah, that's all I got on foreign substances and baseball cracking down on them. Uh, coming up, I got some <laughs> not so fun opening day stats for the A's of the last 21 years. So uh, stay locked in with Locked on A's and get the press.
We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is time for some Built Bar madness, my friends. Today's matchup, I do not know yet. I am recording this Sunday night. I'm dropping it shortly thereafter. Um, they have not announced who this one is. It's a nail biter. All I know is we are getting down to the final, I believe, four right now. We're at the very end of Built Bar Madness. And there's not a wrong choice is really what I want you to go away with here. They have so many delicious bars. And usually I'm freewheeling this. This is all from the heart. They keep sending me bars and they are all delicious. Some people like some, some more than others, and that is why we have Built Bar Madness in general, but all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars. These are the things that they've had me read, and they're all correct, and they're all delicious, is what I want you to take away from Built Bars here. And uh, if you don't believe me and you want to go you know, vote for yourself, find out which bars are in the final four right now. All you got to do is go to builtbar.com or you could go to on Twitter at bar underscore built and you can vote for yourself. Um, I, I, I assume that it, you know, cherry barcia, I think is still in the running. Uh, coconut brownie better be because that one's going to be the winner for sure. In fact, go to builtbar.com right now and go get some coconut brownie for yourself and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who's going to be the best tasting protein bar in the world. The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB today. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at every team in every division. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. We did the AL West one on Friday. That's fun. If you want to learn about some other divisions, there's other divisions that are up there. I think we've gone through the entire AL. I think we're going through the NL starting on Monday. So start. I assume that it's the NL East. We, you know how things go. It goes East, then Central, then West. The West is always last, so I assume that the East is going up on Monday, followed by the Central and the West. And uh, yeah, so if you have any preference on any of those divisions, then make sure to follow the Locked On MLB podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. And with that, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review, if you please. Uh, follow us on social media, at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I'll probably be doing more frequent mailbag episodes, so make sure to fill up that mailbox. and uh, Or you can bring your questions into the Locker Room app. When uh, we do those, the next one's coming up on Friday. So, uh, yeah, get questions, ask questions. I will answer them, and then that's how you have a mailbag. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's go over some very depressing uh, opening day stats from recent years. I just started looking up from the year 2000 on, went on baseball reference, went game by game. It was not pretty. And so I decided to just start doing something else. Um, really, I was looking for performances that stood out that hopefully, you know, like Matt Olson or Matt Chapman or Ramon Laureano or Chris Bassett on opening day on the mound could outperform, you know, like a goal for 2021 opening day. 
and uh, th- there weren't a lot of great performances. I was like, ooh, a two-hit game by Frank Manichino. How about that? Um, Jason Giambi in the year 2000 hit two home runs. He went like two for four or two for five. So I was like, hey, he hit two home runs. That was cool. But is that better than Matt Olson's walk-off grand slam from last year? Not necessarily. Um, yeah, and then Tim Hudson in 2003 went eight innings, gave up five, or yeah, gave up five hits, no earned runs, and walk and uh, struck out four. So that was a nice line. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty much the, the stats that I saw. That I was like, ooh, that was cool. There's not, the A's don't have those big opening day games like a lot of teams. You'll see, uh, not uh, Jose Guillen, but it, it feels like there's always one red every opening day that has like three home runs, and you're like, ooh, I need to pick them up on my fantasy team now. And uh, the A's don't have those guys by any stretch because usually they're facing either Freddie Garcia or Felix Hernandez, which let's get into some of the A's records here. Against the Seattle Mariners, they are 1-7 on opening days since the year 2000, and that includes losses in 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2013, and those were all Felix Hernandez starts. Great, great times. The Mariners have just been so pesky for so many years and like almost prim- solely on opening day. Otherwise, they're fine. Um, the A's are 3-0 against Texas on opening day and 3-1 against the Angels. So that's something. They also lost like a 15-2 game against the Yankees. So uh, yeah, they haven't had a lot of success on opening day is my, my sticking point here. They have gone 7-14 and 14 overall and have not won any games outside of their division. Sure, seven of those 14 losses came against the Mariners, uh, one against the Angels, but uh, there, there have been some, some smatterings of, you know, uh, Cleveland loss, uh, the Yankees loss. They've lost to Boston once or twice. One of them was in Japan, which I completely forgot about in 2008, I want to say. 2010? 2008. One of, no, it was uh, 2008 or 9. It was one of those three years that they lost to the Red Sox in the Tokyo Dome, and I had completely forgotten that they ever played the Red Sox in the Tokyo Dome. So, um, yeah, looking things up makes you remember stuff, and that's fun. They played, they faced uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka. Maybe if the A's had a player from Japan, they'd play better and not lose the opening day game in Japan every time they did it. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of good news here that I just really wanted to share that they are 17 and 14 overall, and they have been utterly decimated by Seattle, but have taken care of Texas and the angels that those are my main sticking points. Um, in these last 20 years, 21 years, uh, they have not faced the Houston Astros because they've only been in the division for a few years. And up until the Astros moved into the AL West, there was no interleague play throughout the entire year. It was usually like, oh, here's a couple of weeks, and then here's a couple of weeks. It wasn't every day of the regular season, so because there was uh, uneven uh, divisions. So it was 16 and 14, whereas now there's 15 teams in each league, and so that means uh, somebody's got to play in the other league, and that's how that works. Um math, I guess. (laughs) So yeah, um, I did not go all the way back to see if they have ever faced the Astros on opening day, but my guess is no, because interleague play didn't exist uh, up until, you know, 96 or 97. Um, So yeah, that's, uh, that's my opening day statistics. If I find anything interesting, I'll do this again before opening day, but uh, mostly I'm going to be focusing on how the A's can win, bold predictions, lots of fun stuff to get you guys ready for the 2021 baseball season championship season is that what they call it the championship season nobody ever actually calls it that except for like in promotional things (laughs) and memos memos do that too 
But uh, yeah, that's it for me today, you guys. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, ha have fun today because we've only got a couple more days until baseball. I'm very excited. Um, and maybe I'll give you some more speculation on the eighth, fifth starter if uh, any news comes out. So that's all I got for you guys today. Until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.